Welcome in, everybody, to the West Side Sports Podcast. It is June 20th, 2023. As always, I am your host, Dakota Esri. Welcome in to today's podcast. Hope you guys are having a great start to your week. Uh, it is a uh, nice day to have some Mariner baseball today. Unfortunately, the weather report here in the in the PNW is wet, rainy, and soggy with a uh, hopefulness of some sunshine. But we are in New York City starting today for our Seattle Mariners. Oh, we'll be getting into everything with that here in a few minutes. Today, we have a little bit of an adjustment. I'm going to try something new on the podcast. Usually, I do what's called an around-the-world segment uh, that's kind of like encompasses everything to do with like the major sports conversations going on, stuff like that. However, what I can say is that now we're going to be calling it kind of like headlines. Uh, I know that some other radio stations do something similar. But ultimately, for it comes down for me, is I don't have worldwide coverage because of my network or like my, my you know my reach can only go so far, which is usually USA. So we'll kind of stick to that in general. So with that being said, let's do the beginning of headliners. If you guys enjoy today's podcast, please do me a huge favor, subscribe, leave a rating on any podcast available platform. Very much appreciate it. Um. Luis Arias, for anybody who doesn't know who Luis Arias is, he was a former Minnesota twin who was highly regarded for his ability to hit the baseball at quite a high level. He was traded pretty much one for one straight across for one Pablo Lopez, formerly of the Miami Marlins. The amazing thing that's happened this year is that Luis Arias went down to Miami and he has absolutely exploded on the scene. He is on on the verge. I believe uh, currently his average, as I'm looking at now, is 398. He has the ability to hit back to 400 today. And if he does, at game number 74, he will be the second longest streak into a season since the year 2000, pretty much when StatCast was like up and going, and they started tracking this kind of stuff, that a player would be able to hit 400, the longest being before then, Nomar Garcia-Para, formerly of the Boston Red Sox, and the infamous 47-second uh, glove-changing um, sequence that happened every time he stepped out of the box, which was after every pitch. Uh, that would be interesting. He, he did it for 91 games in Boston, so this is obviously not going to happen for a full, cal- uh, full calendar season in baseball terms, but... It's a great story. It's going to open up the profile for so many other hitters in college, which is kind of what I was going with on this whole point to be, to begin with. This profile that Luis Arias is displaying is going to open up the, the option and the availability of so many other players and prospects in high school and college that are not huge power guys that excel at making contact consistently. That's what we kind of need. You know, we have this kind of similar talk about when you talk about football players. It used to be, uh, you know, all based upon speed and overall production and sacks. And now they're looking at 40 times and looking at arm length and all kinds of weird stuff, right? All kinds of weird stuff. So I love this conversation and I love this topic because so many other guys and players that are beyond deserving of an opportunity to play at the major league level, really, quite quite frankly, any major league sport, you want to see a profile or a skill set that isn't typical but it proves to be very effective those are the kinds of stories that i root for and i love that wholeheartedly uh reports about i got something i don't cover a lot of basketball on here so i have two basketball things for you guys today one that's based upon kind of a wider brawn conversation and then one that involves our portland trailblazers the closest basketball 
uh, professional basketball team in the Pacific Northwest out of one Portland. Um, the reports are, and this is a kind of a spotty-ish conversation here, because the, the report is from Shams, uh, Shams Chiarnia, I believe his name is. I can never say his name right. He's a very viable, reportable, very established guy who works for, for The Athletic, uh, covers the NBA for them. This has been a huge conversation about teams trying to trade up into the top 10 to get uh, a, their hand on a pick in this year's draft class. And what's weird is, I'll be honest, I have stopped paying attention to basketball for years. The only reason why I'm covering it is because of Victor Wembiana, I believe his name is, the dude who's like seven foot eight with like a, you know, nine foot long wingspan. The dude's crazy, crazy tall, obviously, because he plays basketball. But, um,. Just an interesting conversation in general about these teams. And it got me thinking about if teams are this interested after they said it's been close to half a decade, five plus years since teams have been this interested in trading in, as I'm reading this article about trading into the top 10 of a draft class that has to bode well for the future of the NBA. You looked when I was big into the NBA, it was Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, obviously LeBron James, uh, Kobe Bryant, Ray Allen, Kevin Garnett, Tim Duncan. I'm not gonna, I can, I'm not gonna keep going, but those are like the prevalent names, and they all gone. Besides for LeBron, of course, they're all gone. Um, so this could be a great opportunity for the league to kind of rebrand itself, kind of like what they did with John Morant before John Morant decided to be an idiot. But that's a different conversation for a different day and a different podcast. Um. This is just a great opportunity to kind of rebuild your brand, get a couple no, new young faces. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing some more talent going to Oklahoma City, excuse me. I know that a lot of people that listen to my podcast are pretty sour and for good reason about why we're a little bit bitter when it comes to the OKC Thunder because they were stolen and taken from us, Clay Bennett, you god-awful person. But, uh, yeah, I just am hopeful. I really am because I I really want to fall back in love with basketball, and I like the... Uh, the Jokic story and the Denver Nuggets story and stuff like that. I really do. That's a great story, and that's what headlines are built upon, right? But you got to get more interesting names into, like, Portland, specifically speaking about Portland, which we'll get here in just a second. They really need more star advertising and more star players to get the intrigue and the interest from other star players to, to build the super team because that's how... You know, teams are built these days in the NBA. Speaking of Portland, speaking of the super teams, that's going to lead a transition right into my second or third to last topic on headliners today. That Damian Lillard is pushing the Portland Trailblazers organization to trade for one Bam Adebayo, who is a power forward, five four slash five. He's not like a true five because he's not really tall enough. I know that he's overly uh, productive for his size. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not you know knocking the dude for not being seven foot tall but the interesting report out of this is that Damian Lillard is fully open to the or to the organization trading they have the number three overall pick in this year's draft class and if I'm Portland and this is really really hard to say this I don't think I can trade that pick well after I just got done talking about the value with the intrigue uh for this year's draft class it could, you could look at it either way, I guess. You could look at it, you know, glass being half, half full, that 
if this year's draft class is this heralded and there's this much talent in there, could you really get that much more for the pick and make forward for other years forward or, you know, in a uh, corresponding pick in, in, in a different year? Or maybe it's in the same draft class that's just a few picks down. Who the hell knows? But I think that the Portland finds himself at a really pivotal crossroads here because you could still get a country's ransom, a king's ransom, excuse me, Wow, that was a good one. Country ransom. For one, Damian Lillard, he's obviously still a fantastic player, one of the top point guards in basketball. Um, but it's just, do you want to rebuild? You have, like, Infernee Simons, who's a, who's a good young player and stuff like that. But I don't really know what else they have in Portland, to be completely honest with you. I know that's kind of embarrassing that I'm a sports podcast guy, and I don't know what exactly Portland has. They're the only NBA team in our area. But I just really haven't given a damn. I just haven't. And... Maybe they, this could, this could change. Maybe you get lucky. I've heard about a name called Scoot Henderson, some guy that's been really highly talked about, like the maybe two overall best top prospect besides for that Victor guy that I talked about earlier who's like an alien. Um, I'm not trying to be rude. Just normally you don't see a guy who's seven foot six or like a nine foot wingspan or whatever the hell it is. So I'll keep my ear down to the ground on this. If we get any more in, inf- info or any updates or kind of insider trades or stuff like that, I'll let you guys know as far as Portland is considered. So Shohei Otani, obviously Shohei being Shohei Otani, that every team in the league is going to have any kind of roster space is going to throw a jab at this guy, right? Well, the Athletic held an anonymous players-only poll and because the, they were curious what the players felt like where Shohei Otani would land next season. And a uh, resounding 57% said LA Dodgers. This, unfortunately, echoes exactly what I've been guessing and saying. I'm not trying to validate myself. I'm just happen to be coincidence on this. I saw it on a trending thing on Twitter this morning. But it makes sense. He loves LA. He wants the sunshine. He doesn't want to go East Coast. I don't think he's not built. He's That's not really in his um, character. Not that I know much of anything, obviously, about Shohei Otani, besides what he's shown us. But, it uh, should be a good fit. I highly doubt that the Dodgers can make this work. They'll find a way not to do it. Like, they will do it. They will find a way. They'll twist an arm. They'll, you know, cut a couple big-time players if they have to, but getting your hands on Without a doubt, this season, the best player in baseball again in Shohei Otani is, um, it's like common sense. So, we'll be curious to see what happens with that. And then speaking of baseball, the last thing I just want to bring up real, real, real quickly before we go into the Mariners. Because this is very prevalent. We'll talk about this again in the Mariners segment here in just a few minutes. That the Houston Astros are 3-7 and seven in their last 10. They've lost five straight games. Things do not look good. Lance McCullers Jr., uh, had to get surgery. I believe it was not Tommy John, but I could be wrong on that. I will do my research on that as well. I saw the reports coming out of um, Houston's beat reporters, stuff like that. They're just not looking real prime right now. Your Dawn's out her. I just talked about Lance. Uh, Michael Brantley, is, I don't even heard a peep about him. They signed him in the offseason, and he had some surgery and stuff. I haven't heard a peep about him, but knowing Michael Brantley, he'll probably show up in late August and hit like 330 for the rest of the year, which is why I want him so bad in the offseason, but I'm not going to do that revisionist history. Speaking of the Mariners, uh, currently sitting at 535 and 35 through the first 70. 
day off yesterday in, in the Big Apple. Uh, sounds like the guys had a nice time. Uh, a couple of nice dinner pictures I saw. Logan Gilbert, uh, Paul Seawold. Those guys are pretty active on Instagram if, if you guys want to check that out. Uh, George Kirby versus Garrett Cole today at 4.05 first pitch. Yes, it's in New York. That's why you have the earlier start time today. Uh, Garrett Cole, don't be scared, people, of the 7-1 record with the, with the 270 RA. The Mariners have had a very good track record in the last few years of batting around Garrett Cole, specifically one Jared Kelnick. Roster came out a few minutes ago. I'm not going to list the entire roster. If you guys want to do that, find me on Twitter at capital PNW Professor for finding all the lineups and the latest info and that kind of stuff. I talked about in the last podcast last week about Teos Hernandez continuing to heat up, and he has just continued to pick up right where we left off in that uh, last conversation. Jared Kellenick had an absolutely massive moment after struggling pretty heartily with some strike with some strikeout issues, hitting that bases clearing triple when the Mariners had struck out 16 times alone off of one Lance Lynn. Uh, Lance Lynn was really good, but the Mariners were just really bad at chasing off-speed pitches and sometimes if you're going to chase he's going to keep throwing them and if they're going to that's just kind of a recipe for disaster and the Mariners thankfully were able to work their way out of that frustration and find a way to win that game and most of all win the series versus one very poor Chicago White Sox which I don't know if we see them again this season but if we do you can guarantee they will not be looking the same way they will be trading players like Lucas Giolito, Lance Lynn, Liam Hendricks, Tim Anderson the the list goes on uh see here I talked about uh Houston and uh their struggles and stuff and stuff like that uh, a couple minutes ago so this is a huge, massive opportunity, right? Huge and massive. We're going back-to-back big-time adjectives to start out this sentence. Okay, then. So, um, the Mariners and the Yankees in the wild card are pretty much neck and neck. The Yankees are the team in front of them. Uh, this is a great prime opportunity to make hay. The grass is cut. You just got to bail it up. Yeah, I'm using a farming analogy because I'm a farm, I'm a farm, you know, farming raised kid for the most part. Um... This, you know, Aaron Judge on on the 10-day IL right now. I believe they have a couple other players, Harrison Bader being one of them also on the, on the IL right now. They released Aaron Hicks. you got to take advantage of this, Mariners. Whatever you got to do, find a way to win this series and continue these good vibes and roll them right into the next series. Uh, last thing I want to I want to uh, make a little note of here, and I'm going to make a challenge to anybody who listens to to this podcast. If you do not know how to vote for the Seattle Mariners in the All-Star Game, please find a video. There's videos all over the interwebs. You can find them on Facebook for the different Mariners groups. You can find them on Twitter. You can find them on YouTube, whatever the hell, on Google, right? Please vote for our boys to get into the All-Star Game. We have multiple players that are more than uh, they are deserving of this opportunity uh, and please just help them out. Here's just an example of why I'm saying this. Dalton Varsho of the one Toronto Blue Jays, a.k.a. our nemesis, um, he has more all-star votes than Julio Rodriguez. That is criminal. That is wrong. I'm not trying to be disrespectful to one Dalton Varsho. He's a fine player. But as uh, the artist Meek Mill says, there are levels to this, ladies and gentlemen. And Julio Rodriguez is clearly, without a doubt or question, better than one Dalton Varsho. Let's start racking up. He is uh, Julio is currently in 11th place in outfield. You must be in top six to make the All-Star game. Let's get, our, let's get those thumbs going. I believe you can vote up to 15 times a day. 
Uh, so please, 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 please pound those votes. Thank you. A uh, brief side note, and I normally do not talk about, uh, I don't really talk about a whole lot about Huskies unless we get down to football season. Then we'll talk about Michael Penix and the whole squad again. But a Huskies basketball program update that came out earlier this morning is that one Mike Brown, or Larry Larry Brown, excuse me. I got my guys mixed mixed around there. He is a name that's being greatly considered for a coaching roster option for UW. I'm going to say this as politely as I can possible. Hell no, please no, won't go, do not pass, like Gandalf, Lord of the Rings. No, no, please don't. This guy is washed. He's been released from four schools in four years. He is, he still has respect and um, which he's obviously earned right through his success in his previous years. Not anything recent. Don't just rip the bandaid off Jen Cohen. Just get rid of Mike Hopkins. The basketball program has been a freaking joke for years. Everybody knows it. We don't like to talk about it very much because this used to be a very high heralded, very, you know, high achieving program. When we had Lorenzo Romar, Brandon Roy, Quincy Pondexter, the, the the squad back in the day, right? And now it's just a joke. So, um, I want to read something for you guys. Uh, we're transitioning into the, the Seahawks segment, which will be the last one for today. So, uh, just pardon with me. I have to pull this off here off of my phone real quick. Okay. NFL reveals six key rules for players to follow under the gambling policy. All right, I'm going to find the exact thing for you guys. Please just bear, bear with me. Do, do, do. Okay, here we go from one Ian Rappaport. Six key rules for all NFL players. If any NFL player listens to, to this podcast, first of all, I greatly appreciate it. I really do. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day, like everybody else, to to, to, to listen. Because you never know who is and isn't. But, six key rules for all NFL players. One, do not bet on the NFL. Two, do not gamble at your team facility while traveling for a road game or staying at a team hotel. Three, don't have someone bet for you. Four, do not share inside team information. Number five. Don't enter a sports book during an NFL playing season. And number six, don't play daily fantasy football. That's very clear. More detail on rule number one. Do not bet on the NFL. Do not bet on any NFL game. Not even $1. Your team's game, another team's game, outcome, points guard, poor lay, prop, future bets, blah, blah, blah. No, do not do it. Okay. And then includes all NFL events such as the draft, the Pro Bowl, Combine, flag football events, and NFL honors. Um, do not gamble at on like blah 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 at your work at a team facility or stadium, including the parking lot, on a team road trip, team plane, bus, car, team hotel, blah blah. Okay, you guys get the vibe. Okay, I, this is far enough. Do not bet on sports if you are a professional athlete, specifically in the NFL. Do not do it. Just, I'm just all I'm going to say. Use your brain that God gave you and just don't do it. Okay? And I'm going to leave you guys with two fun little facts and then we're out for today. Pro Football Focus. Some of you guys love them. Some of you guys hate them. I'm on the middle ground. 
Um, well, has ranked the Seahawks wide wide receiver core specifically of Tyrell Lockett, DK Metcalf, and Jackson Smith and Jigba at number five in the NFL. Uh, we know about the overall production between D, DK Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett. These guys are ballers. They are one of the top duos in the NFL for years on end. And I just want to say how lucky and thankful we are for having such good pros. And I believe it all started with one Doug, Doug Baldwin. Doug Baldwin taught Tyler Lockett everything he knows for the most part. And then Lockett's taught DK. And now these guys can teach Jackson Smith and Jigba. Speaking of Jackson Smith and Jigba. Ladies and gentlemen, we uh, we talk about, or I've talked about on this podcast previously, that this guy was a stud at Ohio State. I want to post this for a relative score. And I want to say, obviously, these numbers are at college. This is not NFL. This is not XFL, uh, AFL, C- CFL, nothing. This is college, okay? Grand Ohio State. It doesn't get any harder than this, really, okay? He had a 92.1 receiving grade and exceeded over 1,600 yards, ladies and gentlemen. This offense is going to be explosive. If you have, speaking of fantasy football, if you are not an athlete or not a professional athlete, draft Jackson Smith and Jigba in fantasy this year. If you don't, you will pay the price, and I'll be laughing all the way to the bank with my championship belt that was robbed for me this year. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to be today's podcast. Thank you guys so much for taking the time out of your busy Tuesday to listen in. If you have anything that I haven't covered in today's podcast or a topic or conversation for a different day, please do me do me a favor. Find me at on Twitter at capital P N W capital P rest is professor. I just, it could be confusing. People say it's all in caps. You can't find me. The professor word of it is not capitalized. It is the PNW section. Um, getting a lot of people reach out to me on that lately from the podcast. Really appreciate you guys. Love, love, love y'all. See you guys next time. Have a fantastic rest of every day. Peace.